bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. It's the Hive Sports Podcast. Jazz, college football, bees, we got them all. So listen up, because we, 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 we got the buzz. Turn down the buzz! Utes Nation, what's going on? I'm your host, Zach Rieger, and so welcome. Welcome to another Swoop Saturday podcast presented by The Hive Sports. It's just me in the studio yet again, but don't worry. I'll get a guest on here soon, sometime in the near future for sure, so you won't have to only hear my voice, you know, every week, even though I know you love it, but I'll for sure get a guest on here soon, so don't worry about that. But... You know, while I'm talking about it, you might as well go give us a follow on Twitter at The Hive Sports. And also go give our new account a follow at Cave Sports One, C A V E Sports One. It covers all the sports in the state of Missouri. It's the Cave Sports because, yes, I know Missouri is the show me state, but it's also kind of known as the Cave State. There's a lot of caves in there, so that's where it got its name. And we're doing a lot of good work over there. And. The Chiefs are in season right now, you know, with the NFL and football season, and they're a very exciting team. They just moved to 4-0. That's probably the team we're covering the most right now since they are in season out of all the Missouri sports. So, once again, that's Cave Sports at Cave Sports 1, bringing Missouri sports to your fan cave. But enough about that. This is a Utah podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, we are getting so close to a Ute season I cannot wait. I know you guys are ecstatic just as well. Camp just opened up yesterday, and there are so many questions that need to be answered. I'm so excited. I really want to talk about it this week, but we just won't have time on this podcast to get everything done. So I'm going to talk more about camp and the 2020 Ute season next week on next week's episode. So what I'm actually going to do is next week... I'm going to put out a tweet on my personal account. You should go give that a follow at ZachRieger18, Z-A-C-H-R-E-G-E-R-1-8. And I'm going to put a tweet out there asking for your guys' thoughts, asking for your guys' questions. And I want you guys to comment on that tweet. And I will answer them next week on the pod. There are so many questions out there like, who who's our starting quarterback going to be? I have my opinion, but I'm not going to say that now because I don't want to spoil it because if I don't get enough questions, you know, that's obviously the first one I'm going to start with. So there's just a lot. So if you want to hear my opinion on something, you know, let me know. Respond to that tweet. So be on the lookout for that. Go give me a follow at ZachRieger18, and I will definitely be sure to answer that on next week's pod. But enough about that. We're going to talk about this week's pod because we have a ton to talk about here today, which is why we can't talk about all the camp stuff and all the preseason work that the youths are putting in. So as you all probably know by now, the schedule was released, which is awesome. I'm going to talk about that mostly this episode. And then lastly, we will, I'll still talk about the youths in the NFL and how they're doing. But I'm going to kind of start phasing this part out of the podcast since the season for the Utes is now less than a month away. That is correct, less than a month away. 
So I'm still going to bring up on this podcast big plays or big performances each week. I'm going to talk about, you know, mostly the big things, kind of a quick recap. You'll kind of see how that sounds like towards the end of this pod. But I won't be touching on quite as many players and I won't be going in quite as much depth as I have been in weeks prior. So I'm still going to be taking notice of those and, you know, paying attention. But most likely what's going to happen is their performances will more be in article form instead of podcast form. Because this podcast, I really want to, you know, talk about the Utes now, the current Utes, what they're doing. And now that the season is, once again, less than a month away, I won't be focusing on that rather than the ones that used to be Utes. So make sure to look out for those articles in the next coming weeks if you want to keep up to date with how your favorite former Utes are doing on their respective NFL teams. Now one thing I do want to point out when it comes to that is Daniel Olson, my boss, you know, he just published an article about the top five Utahns in the NFL for the week last week. So make sure to go check that out on thehivesports.com. And so the way he did it was he included players from every Utah college in his top five in his rankings. So, you know, BYU, Utah State, and Utah. Now, he is an Aggie, as you know from prior podcasts. And, you know, he put the two Utah players at number four and number five on his top five list. So, Utes Nation helped me out here. I've already texted him about it. Be sure to let him know. You know, read that comment about how the Utes definitely need to be higher on his list. You know, mention him. Do whatever you need to do. Let him know that the Utes should definitely be higher. Tim Patrick had over 100 receiving yards last week. Julian Blackman got his first career interception. You know, I probably said that too early because I'm going to be talking about them too later this episode. But still, you know, they deserve a little more credit than uh, the other players that he listed. So make sure, go uh, go let him know on Twitter and social media that, to put it nicely, he messed up putting the Utah Utes at 4-5 and five on his rankings. But alright, let's get into the episode. I know longest intro ever, we're at over 6 minutes already, but you know what? I like it. So let's get into the true show. Yep, Post Malone had to make a surprise appearance there, even though we're a little later in the show. You know, like I said, we're over six minutes. But he had to make an appearance. It's been a little bit. He missed out on the show last week. And I just want to say, wow. Like Post Malone just said, in the words, the very wise words of Post Malone, wow. The Utah Utes are going to be playing football this fall, wow. They just started camp, wow. This is amazing, wow. (laughs) So let's start with the schedule that we all know just came out. So I also, also just published an article last week on the Hive Sports, you know, talking about the schedule, talking about my predictions, games to watch, etc., etc., Uh, So definitely check that out while you get the chance. I'm going to talk about it a little bit on this episode as well. So the schedule looks like this. It goes, we are home against Arizona. We're at UCLA versus USC at Arizona State versus Oregon State 
at Colorado State, and it's the Pac-12 Championship game slash other Pac-12 interdivisional games. Our, we have one Friday game, and that is Week 2 against UCLA, which is pretty nice, which I will get into those reasons later. But, you know, when the first Pac-12 schedule came out months ago, I did a long podcast analyzing each game of the schedule. Be sure to check that out. You know, it still gives a lot of insight about uh, our opponents for this year. I've mentioned it on previous podcasts and even in some of my articles. Be sure to check that out. But I also am going to talk about each game individually again this week. I do know that that last podcast that I did about the scheduling, it was a long one, like I said earlier. But You know, this one might be a little bit long as well. Not going to lie, it won't be that long. It won't be almost an hour, but it it might be a little bit longer. But you know what? Stay for the ride. It's going to be a good one. I'm going to touch on a lot of good games, good topics. And plus, Utah will be playing football soon. So how could you not want to hear more information, right? That's what I'm thinking. So I'm glad you guys are on the same page. Or at least I hope you are. But there might be a a little overlap. That's kind of what I was getting to. Might be a little overlap. I might mention a few things that I said on that previous podcast. But I'll try to switch it up, change a few things up, come up with some new things on each team to kind of talk about. So it won't be an exact copy of it, but it will be good. So trust me on that. So let's dive right into it. Week 1, home against Arizona. They were 4-8 and eight last season, 2-7 and seven in the conference. So not very good against Pac-12 opponents. I have a gut feeling that I feel like a lot of people share my feeling with is that it will probably be kind of the same against Pac-12 opponents this year. Having a Pac-12 only schedule does not bode well for Arizona as for a few other teams in this conference. But let's get into, you know, what they actually what they can present a threat on and that is Grant Gannell, the quarterback they also have their receivers returning, their running backs returning, and most of their O-line. So their offense is actually pretty much returning everyone, which really bodes well for them, even though they did have the most losses to Pac-12 teams last year, hence the 2-7 and seven record. I know I brought up the last pod that they averaged under 40,000 fans last year, which is the smallest total since their facility expanded, which, you know... I brought up the last time I'm going to bring it up again because it's too priceless. You know, that might prepare them for this year, not having that many fans. So, you know what? Good for them. The Arizona Wildcats, forward thinkers in that aspect. You know, they planned ahead. They're like, let's not have fans now because they knew in 2020 they wouldn't have any fans at all. So, good for them. I think Utah, this is definitely a winnable opponent. They should get the win, and I think they will. I do have to say I kind of want to put a little asterisk next to the whole schedule. This is 2020. Crazy things have happened every single week, every single month of this year. So I think there is a much higher chance for upsets this season. But I think for the most part, Utah will be prepared. They have been practicing for a long time now even though camp just started up they have been practicing they are ready to go I don't think they will have a problem with Arizona at all so chalk that up as a dub 
going 1-0. Heading into UCLA, going into LA against this one. This is the Friday matchup. Last season, UCLA was 4-8. In the regular season, they went 4-5 against Pac-12 opponents. And when you think of UCLA, you have to think of Chip Kelly. And when I think of Chip Kelly, I just have to think, what is going on with Chip Kelly? was once one of the most offensive, innovative coaching minds, not only in college football, but in football in general. Went to the NFL and just, he had a great first year, but teams in the NFL, they figured him out real quick. And he just has not been the same, even after he returned to college ball. So we'll see. He does have his quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who's in his third year, so he's got a lot more experience. Maybe there's something going there. Chip Kelly is pretty good with his quarterbacks, but it's just it's just not looking like the Chip Kelly of old. UCLA, to its credit, did average over 400 yards per game, which looks pretty good, but they only scored more than 18 points six times. And they lost their best player in the draft, Joshua Kelly, who is now the running back for the Los Angeles Chargers. So he had to make a big, you know, a very big move from UCLA to L.A. So that poor guy, you know, those those moving costs must have been must have been tough for the poor guy. But <laughs> but the reason for. UCLA's offense and their troubles with scoring is they just had so many turnovers and sacks. They were 120th in the nation in sacks allowed. That is crazy that they were that high. Their defense is very young as well. You know, they were the 113th ranked defense and they lost their top three out of four tacklers last year. So, you know, things are not looking great for UCLA. But... You know, who knows, it's 2020, maybe they'll, you know, allow less sacks, a little less turnovers. Defense will improve a little bit since they have another year of continuity, but with a strange offseason, I'm not going to put any of my money on it, that's for sure. So, another nice dub for Utah, start off 2-0. I know their previous schedule that came out a few months ago, Utah had it very easy starting off. And then it got hard after their bye week. This year it's a little, or not this year, it's the same year. It's crazy, 2020 seems like it's been a crazy long year. It seems like it's about like three, four years combined into one. But it's just not the case with this schedule. The first two games are easy, and then weeks three and four are definitely the toughest of the stretch. I know it's only a seven-game season, so it's... But it's kind of that middle part of the season that's really the tough one because after UCLA, the Utah Utes are hosting the USC Trojans. Now, Utah kind of lucked out with their draw for a couple of reasons when it came to this. So, USC is the favorite to win the Pac-12 this year. They are very talented on both sides of the ball. Great coaching. Yada, yada, yada. USC's back. Whatever, if you want to put quotes on that. But here's why I kind of like this matchup for Utah. They get an extra day's rest since the UCLA game is on a Friday. And this USC game is on that regular kind of Saturday. So they get the extra day of rest. 
and they're at home. Yeah, I know the whole home field advantage isn't quite the same now that there's no fans allowed, but it's still, there's still something to it. They don't have to travel. They're in their home stadium, so they feel some comfort there. So there is still an element. So I like Utah's chances just from that aspect. I mean, like, USC is very good. They were surprisingly 8-5 and five last year. They did go 7-2 and two in conference play. I'm assuming that will go up. Like I said, they were the they are the favorites to win. They're a very good team. Keaton Slovis is an incredible quarterback to his credit. I don't want to give him too much credit, even though I just kind of did. And they have a lot of people returning. They did lose Michael Pittman Jr. to the NFL, but they're still going to be good. They have a new defensive coordinator, but I'm kind of thinking. They should be acclimated at this point, at least somewhat, and it'll be week three of this season. They've had over, they've had months to kind of gel and kind of learn his new scheme. Even though, even if it has been through Zoom, I think by week three, getting two games in, you'll slowly start seeing the defense kind of get a little better. I know you've seen that with the NFL week one, ton of scoring week two. A little less, but still a lot of scoring. And then it seems like with each week, the defenses are acclimating a little bit more to the offense despite the shortened offseason. So I think by week three, USC's defense will be okay. This will be a tough one. I'm going to hold off to say my prediction for this one. And then, like I said, this was a tough stretch, weeks three and four, because right after we host USC, unfortunately, we cannot host this next opponent and we go on the road to Arizona State. They also went 8-5 and five last year, but they had a much worse Pac-12 record. They were 4-5. and five. And, you know, Arizona State, I talked about it so much when the original schedule came out about how this is the team that scares me the most because, you know, obviously teams like USC and we're not playing Oregon this year, but teams like USC and Oregon – those are the ones that you know you circle on your calendar you know you're gonna have to come to play Arizona State is still that team that they're not they're not quite on that level yet where you circle them and you're like all right we have to bring our a game this one but Arizona State has so much talent and when you have Herm Edwards who's just a great coach at any level and a video just came out came out about him when and he's talking about how much he just loves the Pac-12 and he even brought up the whole Pac-8 whenever that was a thing so so you know he's passionate and so you really don't want to bet against that coach and they have Jaden Daniels who yes he struggled against the youth last year but but that was kind of one of those weird defensive games where it was 21 to 3 and just you know it was kind of rainy the weather wasn't great and he had a great year pretty much every other game he had a great game last season and he's only going to grow with that he lost a couple webs on offense you know benjamin went to the cardinals brandon Ayuk is killing it with the niners and last sunday night he had just an incredible play where he kind of hurdled the guy but he was kind of off to the side and it, it was it was awesome make sure to go watch that play since Utes fans, we don't have to worry about that guy anymore, so you can watch that and enjoy that he is no longer in the Pac-12, so 
Utah doesn't have to worry about him. So go give that play a watch. It, it's definitely a good one. Then on the defensive side of the ball, they are returning a lot, but they are moving from that 3-3-5 to the 4-3. And Utah's going to have to come to play. I said in my article that Utah will lose one of these two games. And, you know, that kind of got me thinking because I, I, I mentioned in my article I don't really want to spoil it, but I guess I will. I said that Utah will go 6-1. and one. They will win the Pac-12, becoming Pac-12 champions for the first time in school history. This year, their third straight Pac-12 South title. But they will have that one loss, and it will come this two-game stretch. And in my article, I literally said they will lose to either USC or Arizona State. The more I think about it, you know, that's, that's not very professional. I mean, not very good for a sports writer or someone who covers sports to, you know, put an either or on there. So I will say exactly which team I will predict the loss to after I finish the schedule. (laughs) So not quite yet. So make sure you list to the end to uh, hear who I think the Utes will lose to, even though they'll still win the Pac-12. So all in all, it won't really matter. The strength might even... Or the loss might even, you know, strengthen them a little bit and, you know, give them a little added motivation for the next few weeks. So it'll all work out, even though they will lose one game. So the next week they will play Oregon State. And I I don't know about you guys, but I was very, very excited to see that the Pac-12 North team we were going to be playing was Oregon State. I personally thought it was going to be the other school in Oregon, you know, the Oregon Ducks, just since... They knocked us out of the Pac-12 championship game last year. They beat us in that game, knocked us out of the playoff. I really, it's what I should say more specifically. Utah had an amazing shot to make the college football playoff. And if they beat Oregon, I really think they would have gone in as the four seed. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and the Ducks beat us pretty handedly. So I really thought that that's what, you know, the committee was going to schedule. And I said last week I was kind of I was kind of on the fence because, you know, half of me was like, oh, I want that revenge game. I want to beat them. You know, which I've said on previous podcasts, we're trying to almost emulate Oregon when it comes to, you know, a Pac-12 team garnering respect, you know, across the nation. So we're trying to get there. I want to beat them you know I had that half then also half of me was like you know if we get a lesser opponent you know that's okay too because it should be a win and that's exactly what Oregon State should be a win you know Utah won 52 to 7 last year and the offense was actually pretty good for Utah which you know kind of surprised me when I was looking into it since we did win so handedly Oregon State went 5-7 and seven last year, which, you know, is actually respectable. I know it's sub-500, but when I think of Oregon State, I don't think of a 5-1 team. So, good for them and getting that. And they did lose their big three, quarterback, running back, wide receiver. But Jamar Jefferson, the running back who got a good amount of work last year, is returning. So, he will be the guy to stop. 
which I think the Utes defense, even though there will be changes, I think they won't have a problem with that. And the Oregon State defense was very bad last year, but they are returning a lot. So I would like to think, you know, just from a competitive standpoint that, you know, they can improve a little bit. They are specifically returning nine starters on defense and then seven of their top eight tacklers. So we'll see what they can do, but that should be a win for Utah, no problem. And then the last somewhat scheduled game will be against Colorado, who is also 5-7. and seven. Colorado, like Utah, is trying to replace their quarterback, but it's a little bit different situation. I feel like Utah's quarterbacks are much better and much more talented and more known. Just Jake Bentley alone gives us the advantage there in my aspect or in my point of view. And they have a new coach who will want to use a bounce attack on offense, but kind of wants to highly prioritize the pass, which will be interesting since they don't have LaVisca Chenault Jr. anymore. And I just I just want to say that game against Utah last year, they just force-fed Chenault, which I don't blame them because he was their best player, and I feel like I'm kind of talking exactly how I did in my previous podcast about their schedule, but, like, it's so true. And, like, you see now... Who does Chenault go to? He was on a bad Colorado team. Now in the NFL, he's on a bad Jaguars team, and he's still putting up numbers. Chenault is just a gifted athlete and is very talented. I really do wish him the best, even though he's he was from a Pac-12 school, which, you know, Utahns don't like. And then now he's on the Jaguars, which I'm a Titans fan. So... It's kind of hard to root for him there, but there's just something about him. He's just he's an exciting player. And so when it comes to Colorado and comes to this season, their offense is going to struggle, I think, without having him there, even with the new coach. Actually, especially with the new coach, with the shortened off season and having to do a lot of things virtually. On the defensive side of the ball, however, they are returning their defensive coordinator which is a little bit improved continuity three from their defensive line um so they have a pretty good amount of guys returning on the defensive side of the ball but you know if they can't score points which i don't think they're going to score very many points i think colorado's not going to get a lot of wins this year so this game week six or seven i don't think they're going to have a ton of confidence not going to have a ton of momentum I think Utah walks away with this game handedly. So, ending that stretch 5-1. and one. And then week 7, that's when the Pac-12 championship comes in. Slash the other interdivisional games. I think Utah plays for the Pac-12 championship if they go 5-1 and one in there. I, I don't see a way that... I just don't see a way that they don't make it. Unless they end up losing to Arizona State, which that brings me to my next point, how I brought up that Utah will lose one of those games. I do think that it will be the USC. I think Utah will still beat Arizona State. It will be a close one, but I think Utah is still the better team. US, so I will say they will lose to USC, 
which USC is in the north. And honestly, in the Pac-12 championship, it probably will be a rematch between USC and Utah. And you know what? Let's give Utah the dub in both games. There is a chance that they will maybe play Oregon. Oregon will be a tough one and kind of a fun one. Back-to-back Pac-12 championship appearances for both teams. But, guys, I really do think bias, no bias. I think this is the year that Utah wins the Pac-12 for their first time in school history. They just have so much talent. Kyle Whittingham is just an amazing coach. I just I think it'll get done this year. I know there's going to be a lot of changes this year, and I will talk about that next week, so definitely be ready for that. Remember, tweet me your questions next week. So now I just want to talk about the Utes in the NFL. You know, we got to end with that for sure. So I'll start with the two guys that made the Hive Sports article that my boss, Daniel Olson, wrote. So, you know, once again, just a friendly reminder, you know, go give him some quote-unquote love on Twitter. And, you know, let him know how you feel about him putting Tim Patrick and Julian Blackman at 4-5 and five on his rankings. You know, Tim Patrick went off a couple Thursdays ago. I know it was the Jets, but he went off. Six catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown. I know I brought up last week, but I should mention that again. You know, over 100 yards and a touchdown definitely deserves it. Then Julian Blackman, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, he got his first interception, got off of Nick Foles and the Bears last week in the Colts dub. He has just been amazing since he's been on the field these last few weeks. Julian Blackman, for he just notched his first interception of many for himself he is going to be a tremendous player the Colts really lucked out getting him in the third round then Jalen Johnson has been continuing to kill it for the Bears you know he just played this last Thursday against the Bucks, and you know really helped his team lead helped his team upset the Bucks on Thursday night I don't have the complete stats for him on me right now, but he played very well from just what I could see. And before this matchup, I have to say Jalen Johnson, according to Pro Football Focus, was ranked second out of all corners with a 657 Pro Football Focus grade. And he also led all rookies with six incompletions forced. Once again, that's before this last Thursday game against the Bucks, but regardless you know, that both those totals will go up because he did play well. And then Zach Moss, we said he was questionable next week. He did not end up playing, which he didn't really need to because Devin Singletary has been playing pretty well. And he should be able to go against the Titans this week. Uh, as of now, this game is scheduled because of Tuesday. is scheduled to be played Tuesday, I should say. So that could give him a little bit extra rest. And, you know, hopefully this game gets played. I really hope so just as a Titans fan. You know, I'm still hoping Zach Moss can play and have a good game. But, you know, ultimately, you know, I got to root for the Titans. They're my squad. So don't hate me too much on that. But uh, then there's also been a QB change in Washington that is worth noting. Dwayne Haskins has been benched for Kyle Allen and Alex Smith. Yeah, that's right. Coach Ron Rivera said that Smith would be the backup in this game, which means that 
Dwayne Haskins went from first string to third string real quick. Uh, my prediction this game, Kyle Allen will play the whole game unless an injury happens. Even if he's playing terribly, I think he will finish out this game. But if there is an injury, you know, Alex Smith will be the next man up. Or if he plays poorly, maybe next week is the Alex Smith week. I know I've been rooting for Alex Smith. We all have for a long time now. So we'll kind of see when or if that comes into play. But Kyle Allen, he showed brief flashes maybe last year. He had a couple good games. But I don't think he's going to be too much better than Dwayne Haskins. He obviously can't be worse than Dwayne Haskins. So there's a chance Oxmith plays this year, so we'll just have to keep our eye out for that. Hopefully he can. And then lastly, I just want to bring up a guy who I really haven't brought up on this podcast much. I've written about him some, and that is Sam Tevy, the Los Angeles Chargers left tackle. And I love this guy because he was a former for, uh, a former sixth-round pick who is now the starting left tackle, as I just said, for the Chargers. He was their guard for a while, and now this year is his first year as left tackle. And through four games, he has only allowed six pressures, which has been, I mean, that's pretty amazing. Through four games, only allowing six pressures. That's a little over one pressure a game. And for a guy who's playing left tackle against the best DNs in the game, you know, that's very good. He will have a very tough matchup against the Saints on Monday night. But Tevy's looked great so far, so there's no reason to think that anything will change. It's been fantastic work for that Utah man. So I know that was kind of quick, kind of boom, 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 uh, one after another for the NFL Utes, but that's probably how it's going to kind of go from now on with so much more kind of current Utah Utes news going on. That's what I really want to get to you guys but that will do it for this episode so thank you guys so much for listening be sure to leave a review uh just for a few reasons because one leave a review let us know how we did where i was trying to improve here at the hive sports and then also if you don't follow us on social media you don't know about it but the hive sports is doing a drawing to help you win some free gear for your favorite utah team all you have to do is listen to a podcast. If you already listened to this one, boom, check number one. Then leave a review. I just asked you to nicely, so hopefully you listened to that. Boom, check two. And that's it. If you listen to the podcast and you leave a review with your username, and you can throw your email in there as well, just so we know you are get entered into a drawing to uh, win some free gear so you can get some nice Utes gear, which, you know, you can always use a little bit more of. And, you know, while you're leaving your review, you might as well, you know, leave five stars as well. It's right there. It's very little effort after you're already leaving a review. I know I would appreciate it, and the Hive Sports would appreciate it. But, you know, that is it. So enjoy the rest of your Swoop Saturday. Remember to look for my tweet next week. Uh, you know, ask for your question so I can definitely answer it on next week's pod. And go Utes! Dumb.
TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school. So check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.